Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Canon Podcast. I have finally gained my mutiny, my Canadian mutiny, um, and I am hosting again. So uh, I hope uh, you guys can deal with us through this. Uh, it'll be an interesting one. But Alex, how are you doing, mate? You're in Dubai. Tell I am people. in Dubai. I am in Dubai. I woke up at five Dubai time today because we got so delayed. Um, yeah, one of the worst flights of my life. It was a... Uh, <laughs> how long my was mom, that flight? It's six and a half hours, which is... Wow. Is, is not fun anyway. My mum mm-hmm. was sick into a cup next to me. I hope she was, wouldn't mind me saying because she was she was on one of the plane. Dude next to me was, he had his arm. You know, you have, to, you have two armrests, right? You can't have them both. You've got, you've got to choose one. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like, say, it, there was four of us. My sister had this one, then there's this other dude, and then me and then my mum. And he mm. had both of them. I'm like, you've got to choose one, mate. You can't have both. Um... Bless her, there was uh, a small kid having a bit of an anxiety attack and the flight oh was delayed God. by like four hours. So it was just, <laughs> today's been an absolute write-off. I was just wow. in bed all day. Everything bar um, parkers in a pear tree there. You've got everything in terms of flight issues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, just well, needed a, where, is there a doctor on the plane? And then we would have had the full house. The, but, um, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> do, you ever, do you guys ever do like an airplane? Do you guys ever see that comedy down in, in the UK? It was like a satire comedy. Oh, no. Airplane. No. Airplane? No. Okay. Well, you're gonna. Is that the one that. where we has all the all the um the lines like yeah. the the like oh don't and don't sh- call me Shirley. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay. I've seen that. I've seen, that. I've seen <laughs> the bits of it. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Well, obscure American reference. Check. Hosting duties. Check. And so, <laughs> look, we will we will get into the football. You're probably screaming your mics at this point. Look, we've got a big game to talk about. Brighton. I thought Brighton was incredible mate. I mean, a couple records there. I think it was something the first time in 32 games that Brighton haven't scored. Um, I look at a way that, you know, Brighton was dominated. And um, I know we kind of talked this on the instant reaction, but I felt Mikel was willing this win. I saw a level of intensity from the sidelines that was going beyond the normal. Like, you know, I, I really feel Mikel takes things personally. And he almost, 
Um, you know the Michael Jordan documentary? Uh, my favorite thing to quote, but you know that part where he kind of talks about trying to get little games in his head to get himself up to a level mm -hmm. where he'll make yep. up a lie or something? Yep. Not that yep. I feel Mikel does that, but he might. And I just feel he yeah, well, he'll, he'll take personally. a tiny thing, you know, yeah. someone saying, oh, you're not really sick. And then he'll just go, right. <laughs> I mean, clear example was the kick about with the boys, yeah. but that was justified. But still, I think yeah. he does that. And there was a level mm -hmm. of this guy, Deserbi, has had me for a yeah. while. And yeah. it's yeah. like, yeah. I want to leave no doubt. And for me, left no doubt. But what did you make of the game um, kind of in general on our approach and, and how we dominated, really? Do you know what's crazy? You might just see me counting then. It's so mad that that game against Brighton at home last season was seven months ago. Yeah. You know, considering considering also, I think at that point, apart from uh, Salibra and Tomiyasu, obviously, we had most of the team available, you know, that we had at the time, considering, you know, where we were in the season, um, considering, you know, the, the, the form that we were in uh, sort of, uh, you know, at points last season. It's just so crazy to me that that was only seven months ago because it just was a completely different occasion. And I think you're right that the way we approached the game was um, it was befitting of a team that is expecting to go to quarterfinals of Champions Leagues, to go to semifinals of Champions Leagues, to go to, you know, title winning teams. And, you know, last season I felt as though against Brighton, I think, you know, possibly, you know, we may have approached the game differently with Saliba or Tomiyasu, but I think it was such a good, I, I said on the instant reaction, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you were going to describe an Arsenal game this season or, or sort of find the apotheosis of Arsenal this season, a lot of that game against Brighton, other than maybe the um, the, the chance creation uh, overall this season, was the perfect example. It was, you know, a little bit kind of patchy finishing, really solid defensively, uh, being adaptable in how we press. Today was, was uh, sorry, uh, last weekend was one way and the weekend before was another. But it was a real kind of, you know, and, and how we battled individually in terms of the duels, how the players turned up, you know, mm. just all these things. It felt like a real Arsenal 23-24 season where we just found a game, where we just found a way of getting it over the line. And look, I, I, I think it's very easy to get caught up in the moment and caught up in the win and caught up in, in what that is, which was which was great. And we should get into how exactly we did that. But I also want to draw everyone's attention to just think back to that game, how we approached that game in a much less dominant way, only seven months ago, uh, how we approached that game from a, from a pressing situation, how we how we approached that game in terms of the duels and how we how we got out fought, how we got out muscled, how we got out out thought as well. You know, all those things. And, you know, neither, neither time were we in, you know, uh, sort of you know the perfect situation because you're never going to be mm -hmm. so what's exciting is that Mikel has gone you know we're not in the perfect situation we have got injuries we've got this that and the other we've got games thick and fast whatever and for next weekend but we're still going to come at you we are still going to and I, I think also you know the PSV midweek probably did help but I was I was so impressed by the approach to the game um, which is so exciting me too likewise it was the intensity and you know I will transition to that intensity because it was stark it was something uh, he's learning from Babs. Um, it is very good, <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> but the press mate, like for me, that was the biggest difference. Um, the amount of times that we've pressed man to man this season has been the biggest change that I honestly, by the way, don't feel that is being talked about on the timeline whatsoever. When we talk about Arsenal 2022 and 2023 and compare it to Arsenal 23, 24, the biggest change has to be the press. When you look at last season, the PPDA numbers, when you look at the amount of high turnovers that we created, we were playing a much more high-octane style of football. Now, I find we mix it up zonally quite a bit more. We're doing so maybe 
people could argue from a conservative standpoint, do we need to conserve ourselves later in the season? That's valid. But I think the approach to doing that means that you're more defensively secure, you're more willing to build up wide. And I think just in general, when you look at the numbers, we created 11 high turnovers, three of which are leading to a shot. Brighton only completed three high turnovers, one mm-hmm. leading to a shot. And mm-hmm. I think that's significant because you're talking about a Brighton team that do press. A Brighton team that I would argue uh, one of their best qualities is build up, and very few people meet them in build up. In fact, many yep. people stand off them into a mid block and just concede and say, listen, you're brilliant. Let me cut off. As we did in May. <laughs> yeah, as we did in May. And I think. That for me is the biggest maybe bookend from last year to this year because we saw a return to last year's style, but in a different way. And it was brilliant. But like, what did you make of the press? What did you make of um, our our return to kind of the 1v1, let's meet you? Yeah. What I love about Brighton and what I've been so impressed by them is how they how they connect inside once they're being pressed. They have this I don't know I am just you know I'd need to watch more to be able to to sort of understand that the 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 real specifics but the I think the general idea I get the sense from what you're watching Brighton is that you get pushed to the wide areas with Lewis Dunk or you get pushed to the wide areas with Van Heck, whoever it is. But the players, you know, whether it's Gross or, uh, you know, McAllister and Carcedo last season or whoever it, whoever it is, are coming inside for that kind of wall pass or, or knock around the corner to a Matoma or, or to whoever. And that's how you bypass the team. That's how you get eight of the opposition's players sat high pressing you. That's that's what they do. You know, you, you go and high press them, you press them up. They can connect inside so incredibly. They win that battle, get it around the corner and they're away. And we just did not allow them to do that. I mean, they tried a hundred, loads and loads of times, but I was, I was so impressed. And that's what I loved. You know, it was, it was not only the, how high we were engaging them. It's that we were wise to what they were trying to do. You know, we mm-hmm. wouldn't let them knock it around the corner. You know, we, we, it's the little adaptations. And that's really what I wanted to say was, you know, you're right. Last season was much more of a high octane, you know, general, you know, not always, but 95% of the time, especially towards the beginning of the season, we were pressing pretty high. We we're trying to win it back, you know, early, getting uh, getting teams to knock it long and winning it back with Saliba and Gabriel and building through the thirds. Fine, clear idea. But we've spoken about before on the channel, right? Like the how the football is adapting. Because one week against Manchester United, we can go, do you know what? We're going to sit back. We're going to allow you to, to knock it long to us. We, we don't want it. We, we think this could, you know, we don't want this to become a transitional game. That's how we're going to do it. Against Crystal Palace, player goes off. Okay, we're going to adapt our shape and change how we how we engage you. We're not going to engage you. We're going to sit here, whatever, in a, in a block. Okay, against Brighton, we actually are going to press you. Or, you know, against City, okay, we're going to press Nathan Ake's weak foot. That's the one place that we're going to, that's, that's our, tri- our, our pressing trigger. People are going to see it differently. People are going, to, uh, are going to have different thoughts on it or whatever. But the adaptation from game to game to game to game to game, for me, when I watch it, is the most exciting thing. Because Mikel can look at an opposition and say, I have all the tools, I have all the principles. We try and win our duels every single game. We try and, you know, um, you know, sit in the 4-4-2 block at times in every game. But little things, where we press, at what what trigger it is, how high is the line of engagement, those little things, he can adjust from game to game to game and thwart oppositions. And that's why, but that, and that's why our defensive record is so good. But that's also why teams are so, so, they find it so hard to create chances against us. So hard. I mean, that, what was it? One? Really? At the end? Really? One. That, that, that one chance? Yeah, it, it, was, bright, uh, it was Gail Pedro, amazing. Right? at the end where they, right. they finally string together a couple passes. But, you know, when I, when I had a look just technically at the press, um, we vacated the middle mate excessively. <laughs> like we really committed to forcing Brighton to try to attempt to break us down out wide, but also, 
if there was a spot in the middle, we could be outdone. And um, the one thing that drew me a lot of confidence, at least, was the Gabrielle and Saliba performance to back up that press. Because it's not just the individuals that we're, that we're doing right now where we're asking Jesus, Saka, Martinelli to really go 1v1 in this game. But it was mm. that press from the back that really meant any outball in terms of Verbreggen trying to go over the top was met with just a towering header and us collecting mm. second balls. And yeah. it was, there was just an inevitability to us receiving possession um, yeah. if they were to ever to get one. And it was playing with our food. I really felt it was that way. And, you know, I don't feel that we've seen that enough, particularly for me, Spurs and United were two games where I had wanted to see this kind of style. I thought it was really important going forward because we're going to talk now about injuries in terms of sustainability. And maybe this mm. is a lesson that we've learned from last season because you have a look at our injuries in total, mate. You've got Partey, you've got Timber out, uh, both of which are on slightly different timescales. But you've got Ben White, who right now is definitely nursing an injury. We know that. Um, in addition to Tommy Asu already out injured. Um, you know, our, our bench, Vieira, also injured as well. Mm-hmm. We don't mm-hmm. have, uh, I think, Elneny, but I don't want to really say him because he's not part of the squad necessarily, but still. Um, and Jorginho was ill. But again, like we're looking at um, a bench right now that isn't um, healthy necessarily. And just the manner in which we've been able to adapt to injuries as a whole is, I think, a very good bookend from last season. And it doesn't have mm-hmm. to just be in the most recent time. We can look back in terms of how we dealt with the Jesus injury, how we dealt with Zenchenko at the start of the season, how we dealt with Thomas Partey the entirety of this season. I mean, if you go back to each of our last two seasons consecutively, injuries to our buildup have derailed our season. And mm-hmm. it's not as though we haven't had injuries to our buildup this season, but we haven't let it derail us. And mm-hmm. I think that's been the biggest difference or at least one of the biggest confidence that I've taken away. Because you compare that to Brighton, who themselves had a long injury list. And I think we made them look poor more than, let's just say, we can blame a lack of quality on their part. I think we did a brilliant job ourselves with our own quality. Mm-hmm. But the manner in which other teams are, have been unable to deal with injuries in the manner that we have has been a key theme. And we'll get into a little bit later about some returning players and what that may mean. But for you, what do you make of kind of the Arsenal's resilience to injury, the resilience mm-hmm. to kind of losing people? Well, I don't. I don't think it can be divorced from the first conversation we had. You know, that ability to adapt isn't all. You know, yes, it's dictated a lot to by the opposition, but it's also dictated by okay. Well, if you know, if we have to get through a game where Ben White is, you know, maybe at sixty percent, mm-hmm. then let's approach our right side of attacking play slightly differently because we can. That's the exciting thing. It's like you know, we don't have to be at 100% in every area, every single game, as we, I think we had to be towards, you know, generally towards the beginning of last season. You know, we had to, everyone had to be firing on their A game, giving 100%. I think that's partly why it all kind of slightly fell down at the end. I'm, I'm oversimplifying, but, you know, broad brushstrokes, I think that is a, a decent rule of thumb. A thumb. So, you know, I, I don't think those, those things can be divorced. And you can say, okay, well, you know, this player is unavailable today or that player is unavailable today or, or so, so-and-so is nursing an injury. Can you get through the game? Can you not? And then it almost feels like the approach of how we play can be almost the last question, which is lovely because I think beforehand it's felt like, right, here's, here's how Arsenal play. Here's how Arsenal play. Let's, we've got to stick to the principles, stick to the principles. I always feel like with Mikel this season, he's been so rigid, so rigid, and, and he's still slightly rigid in certain things, I, I think. But I have seen a little bit more of an opening up and a bit more of an adaptation 
because he can. And, you know, maybe we look back when we're, you know, writing our book on the Arteta uh, Arsenal period and we say that, you know, we were wrong when, when we used to call him too rigid or too ideological about certain things because actually he was just waiting until he had the tools. And, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, we've, we've seen this season Mikel begin to adapt and change things, you know, put Declan Rice at centre-back, pre-planning a sort of future thing. He even said it, you it's know, pre-planning a, a future where that's going to have to happen. And, you know, I think when you come into a club, as Mikel did, um, I've been watching a lot of Mark Goldbridge's content recently because I think he's really fascinating. And I actually, I think he's, there's loads of reasons I think he's brilliant, but, but you know, I think he's... Uh, interesting and just hearing about man united's um struggles you do think back to that arsenal you know sort of 2019 2020 situation and what you need is and the reason i mentioned him is he said at some point and we're maybe we're seeing the beginning of something with eric ten Hag, where it sounds like there was an issue with varan varan went out the scene a couple of weeks he came back in and he's now performing again so you know when you have that sort of level of um control over a club as Mikel had to had to create you have to set very hard boundaries culture is the hardest thing to create because culture is what what do you do when the manager is not looking and that's something that, that, that Mikel has had to implement into the club and that's taken years and years and years and years and years now I think we're at a point both on and off the pitch where Mikel can start to trust people a little bit more start to be a little bit more you know maybe if that Aubameyang thing happens maybe he isn't dropped Aubameyang now you know maybe a Saka isn't dropped for the North London derby you know what I'm saying because you can be once you've got your you know ducks in a row you can start to change it around a little bit and I think we're seeing that both on and off the pitch and I think that that's really the the exciting thing, and I think within with the injuries that, that they make it less uh, less problematic to to have the type of injuries that we've had because we can go. Do you know what? We have so many things at our disposal now. We can start to move around a little bit. Absolutely, and I think though that that freedom to move is something that maybe our rivals aren't feeling in general as a whole. Mm. I mean, when I have a look at Manchester City, which is by the way a very fascinating study right now, number wise statistically. They're not changed. Like a lot of people are talking about how this Man City have declined and this narrative that they've declined. In fact, most of their numbers have actually improved a little bit in terms of defensively, in terms of chance creative wise, they're on par with what they were doing last season as well. Their numbers don't indicate a decline or a drop off whatsoever. Now, we all know injuries have played a role. The lack of Rodri, um, you know, has been huge to what we perceive as maybe a weaker city. I think something they haven't got a result in the last six right? Um, so when, when you're talking about it, there's a vulnerability to City through injury. And the mm -hmm. reason that I'm bringing this up is I think Liverpool have their very own injury sickbed in Thiago coming back. We've got, of course, our own in Thomas Partey. But also Timber, I think, has to go into that equation because mm -hmm. he was bought mm -hmm. as a pillar. He wasn't bought as a squad player. He was bought yeah. as a starting level talent. So he is, for me at least, a huge kind of part of the calculus. For you, who has the most to gain and who has the most to lose from an injury perspective in the run-in? Thanks for checking out the Canon Podcast. To hear the full episode, sign up as a YouTube member on this channel or go to patreon.com forward slash the Canon Pod. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.